So uh, last couple episodes, I think maybe was it two episodes ago? I don't remember. Were we talking Android versus Apple at some point? Have we ever talked about that? Yeah, it was with uh, Bill Gates. Oh, Bill Gates! It was Bill Gates. Of course it was Bill Gates. Bill Gates came out and he was on a clubhouse and he got asked a question. Hey, man. Why use what, what what smartphone are you using and why? And he's like, ah, you know me. I just go for the, I like, I like Android. I've been on Android for a while. People start to speculate, what does this all mean? Said he just keeps an iPhone nearby. This made a lot of news, man. I mean, we talked about it, but only after about a thousand websites talked about it. Everybody talked about it. And I guess, so I guess it means people care what Bill Gates says. I, I, I mean, he was the founder of Microsoft. It kind of... They've uh, put some energy into software over the years, so people are curious what his, what his thoughts are. And he didn't do he didn't really go into detail about his preference. He kind of was a little more vague, just saying, you know, when I go to get my Microsoft stuff on there, it's a little easier sometimes on Android. You know, he didn't bring up Steve Jobs. He didn't bring up Apple's de- desktop OS that they're competing on those levels. And and I also mentioned, keep in mind, they compete with Google in other product categories as well. And Google, of course, responsible for Android. So it's not an easy... They tried to make a phone at one point, Mr. Bill Gates and Microsoft. That means people forget mm-hmm. about this Windows phone stuff. Anyway, today I've got a slightly more comprehensive version. Maybe these are some of the answers that Bill would have given if he had a little bit more time or, uh, yeah, if the if the question was posed in a different way. The whole reason for the question is because he was on Clubhouse. Mm-hmm. And Clubhouse is iOS only for the time being. So people are like, wait a sec, you're the Android guy. What are you doing on Clubhouse? Uh-huh. And he was like, well, I got to keep one of those around. And it's a guy like this, a couple dollars in his pocket, no problem keeping it, an iPhone around. Sure. Guy like this. Mm-hmm. Guy like you even. You might even keep an iPhone around. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I'm a diplomat. I carry two. Oh, you, do you actually? No, I don't. <laughs> Like, what's this guy up to? Over but here? I would, I would. Swear you could. I mean, there's so deal. many phones around here. You could. Sure. Yeah. You could. Uh, when's the last time you used an iPhone? Then I used the 10R uh, maybe a year ago. A year, a year ago. Yeah. Anyway, no, here we here we have a write up from Jason Cipriani. Android versus iPhone. Seven things Apple fans wish their phones could do. And this is. This gets people going, Will. It gets people all fired up. It gets people arguing in the comments, which is, of course, exactly what we're looking for. Mm-hmm. It's not. Take it easy, people. It's fine. There are advantages and disadvantages, and it's a wonderful world of selection and choice thanks to the ver- the variety that exists due to variety of tech companies. Variety yes. for you. Yes. Anyway. Here are here's a quick list starting with use the apps you want not the apps Google wants you to use. So this has to do with setting certain uh, applications to be the default application in a particular category. Now Apple has been making this a little bit easier around certain apps. So iOS 14.5 is going to allow you to set your default music app, which this was a conversation I was involved in on Twitter where Casey Neistat was complaining about Apple Music always launching whenever he gets in his car mm. over Bluetooth, which is a real thing that happens if you're using an iPhone and can be quite aggravating. If you are a subscriber of a different music application, 
in iOS 14.5, Spotify, for example, you could set that as the default music app. You can set your default app for email and web browsing as well in iOS 14. But on Google, it goes deeper, including things like messages. So if, if you're on Android and you have a Samsung device, you don't have to use their messaging app. You could go and put Google messages on it. If you're on a Google device, you could use some other messaging app. It's completely up to you. My, my personal choice is Google messages and it's been improving slowly, but surely. Hmm. Now you could flip this. Now that we're talking about messages, you could throw iMessage on the reverse version of this article, hmm. something that Android users wish they may have had access to, though Google messages is becoming more comprehensive. So uh, yeah, on the Android side, you can just, you can set default apps for almost everything, not just a selection of functions. Uh, the next one, Google Assistant, which this is tough to argue. I don't think anybody, I think prob maybe even Apple fans are going to admit that there's an edge there, Assistant versus Siri. You and I have looked at video examples of this head-to-head -head matchup and just, well, Assistant is just a head. Faster, uh, understands context better, the sort of follow-up instructions it's, just, it's, it's in Google's wheelhouse. I think we can admit that. If we can say that hardware is in Apple's wheelhouse, I think we can say that voice assistant is in Google's wheelhouse for now. Mm. And when I, whenever I goof with iOS, it's probably the number one thing that I would say that I personally miss is assistant and just how often it gets things right. I, it's funny how these things work. It's a very low failure rate before you just go back to typing things out. In my mind, if it misses it a couple of times, you feel like a, you feel like a goof. Yeah. You know, oftentimes, for example, my mom will just uh, trigger Siri in front of everybody. She like we'll be talking conversation. Somebody she'll be want to look for a detail and be like Siri, and we'll, we'll, everybody's like, oh, like, yeah. Everybody's like, it's not gonna. And then sure enough, it misses, and then she has to say it again, and then even when it does get it, it's like your search results are provided here, and you got to click again. And how does she feel about it? Oh, she doesn't care. She'll put you through it. Oh, she, okay. yeah, she doesn't care. She's like, yeah. you're going to wait for my voice assistant right now. However, uh, yeah, it's just an advantage. Like I said, I think most people can agree on this, regardless of which platform uh, you prefer overall for as, as the entire list of uh, features that you, that you like and so forth. But that's one area where I think we can all admit mm -hmm. what's going on. Uh, using two apps at once through a split screen mode. Now, what's interesting here is iPadOS lets you do this. iPadOS, when it comes to multitasking, has features that are beyond what you can do on the phone. And now, granted, this is not a feature I use all that often. It's a kind of cool one for certain use cases. If, uh, what is the example they give here? Maybe... You're trying to look up a contact's phone number to send to someone on Facebook Messenger or if you need to reference information in a document when composing an email. I mean, it's not, it's obviously something that's useful to a, to a, to a set of users. And when it comes to a feature like this, it's like, well, when you're not using it, it's not bothering you. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of just a little bonus to have it there. We don't know the reason why Apple's in, in no rush to implement it on the phone, but for the time being, it's probably most useful on the biggest phones because that's where you really yeah, want you to can utilize the screen real estate. Take advantage of the real estate. Actually, that brings us into the next feature, which is stylus input. And that's another one which is kind of in the same boat as split screen. By the way, on iOS, I believe some apps will do like a window 
draw over top. Does YouTube work that way on iOS? I think so. Is it? Yeah, like a picture in picture? I believe so, but yeah. it's not quite split screen. Anyway, point being, stylus is in the same category when it comes to those power users that use their smartphone as maybe even their main computing device. And I talked to you in the past about this. Like I've been at, uh, I've been at Samsung launch events and I'll see all the variety of Samsung employees and things just, just destroying productivity on the, on the note series. Just mm. da, 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 I'm talking spreadsheets and, and I'm like, wow, man, you can, when you have a precision input, like a pen, yeah. all of a sudden you start to, now this never worked out for me, mm -hmm. right? I never reached for the pen. My habits were too ingrained as far as tapping around on my smartphone. So I never fully gravitated towards the pen myself, but you do have to admit for precision work and also for artist types like yourself, Will, you could just pop that out like you used to do, the old version Willie do, mm -hmm. when you used to just be- notepad sketch. Yeah, when you would there. just get inspired at the simplest things mm -hmm. before you became jaded and an angry individual. Well, <laughs> yes, that is true. <laughs> hmm. Don't worry, it comes with age. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Willie do's as optimistic as ever. Don't you worry. And then the last one that's listed here is home screen customization. This is a thing that took mm. off for iOS recently when the widgets launched. It's been there forever on Android and an all kinds of Android people will make sure you know that these things were available mm -hmm. previously. I don't really care. I don't get all bent out of shape on this stuff. I don't really care, Will. No? No, I, I just, if it's a better feature, implement it. Let's go. I mean, unless it's a patent, unless it's a legal situation, if you really want widgets and you're on iOS, go have those widgets, man. I don't, I want everybody to have the coolest experience possible, obviously, as long as it doesn't, it's not a legal type of situation. Anyway, so even here still, you have a little bit more flexibility on Android because on iOS, you're still kind of stuck with the grid layout of some kind, whereas on Android, it's like endless, your options for how you're gonna lay the thing out, particularly when you dive into the next category, which is launchers. I think you are currently a launcher user. I have used every launcher that's ever been out there. Yeah. Right. Er, early Android days, that was half the fun of it, mm -hmm. is is just playing around with launchers, saving your settings, just having having your phone have so many different looks to it and experiences with it. So Apex Launcher, Nova Launcher, uh, man, I, 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 Action Launcher is listed here. I've... I believe I've even experimented beyond the scope of that that variety of launchers. You're currently using a launcher, am I right? Yeah, I'm currently using Nova Launcher. And um, look at Nova Launcher, 1.2 million votes, 4.5 rating, incredibly versatile. You can, I mean, you could do anything with it. And you can save your settings when you migrate to new phones. You can just quickly yes. bounce right back into your previous home home setting to make you feel all warm and cozy real quick. Mm -hmm. So anyway, this is a pretty good list of things you may wish were on iOS. And to be clear, you could easily make a similar list to this, but on the flip side mm -hmm. and talk about things that exist on iOS, certain integrations that are there that don't on Android. But I thought it was, uh, I thought it was worthwhile get you thinking about the things you like about one platform versus another mm -hmm. and uh, not intended 
not intended to incite any kind of war in the comments, but instead to, for us all to be very appreciative of the fact that we have a selection in front of us. There's going to be a war. No, man! Today's sponsor is Manscaped, and they got a St. Paddy's Day promo. I didn't even realize St. Paddy's Day was coming up. They are the leaders in below-the-waist grooming, and uh, I, I'm here to ensure that you have the best tools for your ball-trimming ritual. Uh, this is all about keeping yourself in order. This is all about maintenance. Mm -hmm. This is all about hygiene. This is all about comfort. Yes. This is all about confidence. Uh-huh. You didn't say we go to that last one. <laughs> that but deep. actually, when I speak about the confidence component, I meant it in the sense that when using this razor, you are uh, quickly convinced that you're not going to damage yourself, that you're not going to hurt yourself. And now you could take the confidence to another level that now you're, 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 uh, you're all tightened up and therefore you feel more confident out there in the world. Like you could take it that sure. way. But I'm saying it starts with the confidence using the actual product. Confidence within as well. It's a lot of confidence. Yes. Getting passed around. And, and the reason I mention this is because they got this ceramic blade in the lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, which somehow the implementation over here, they figured out a way for it not to uh, cut or irritate or whatever. It's just, and, and that's coming from a guy, Will, who, I mean, never mind below the belt uh, maintenance and whatnot. I just use a lot of shavers over the, I've been shaving my head and my beard for 73 years. You understand? That's about right. Yeah, 70, you know, my whole life, essentially. Yeah. And and so I've seen what's out there. I've tried a lot of different things. And I promise you, if you give this thing a shot, you're going to be, you're going to wonder how they were able to do it. It's, uh, it's pretty good stuff. So there's a new package they got included in this new package. You get the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, which they got to send me that because I need some help there as well. I don't think I received that one yet. It's waterproof and uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. And 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff. 79%, Will. You got to get yourself under control as well. Yeah. See those nose hairs from here, man. 79% <laughs> of partners aren't having it. <laughs> All right, so there's other stuff you get in the package as well. They have the famous liquid formulations, the crop preserver, ball deodorant, crop reviver, ball toner to maximize your ball hygiene routine. Get the performance package now and receive two free gifts, Manscaped boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. You can also get 20% off of your order and free shipping because you are a fan of the Lou Later show. All you have to do is go to manscaped.com slash Lou. And I'm going to add something else to this. Every purchase at manscaped.com goes towards a portion of every purchase goes towards contributions made to the testicular cancer society to bring awareness to testicular cancer, men's health and early cancer detection. That's a new one. I never, I didn't know that. That's a new one right there. Yeah. So once again, it's 20% off and free shipping. All you got to do is go to manscaped.com slash Lou. Do not Forget the slash Lou portion or you won't get your discount. I want you to get the 20% off and the free shipping. Plus, it lets them know that we sent you. Listen to this, Will. There's gold at the end of the rainbow with Manscaped.
Manscaped. Manscaped.com slash Lou. Next up, look at this phone, all right? I want to talk about value. I want to talk about 2021. I want to talk about the smartphone marketplace. I want to talk talk about what you might be in for for just over $400. This, the Realme GT 5G, is now the world's cheapest Snapdragon 888 phone. Snapdragon 888, for those that have been calling it 875 like I did one time before it was officially 888 because the 8 is lucky, Will. Mm. I don't know if you knew that. Yes. You knew that the 8 was lucky? Uh-huh. Yeah, did you, when you bought your new house, did you make sure there was an eight in the, in the number? Sure. Did it's you actually? Tons of eights. Did you actually? No. <laughs> you can just make it up, just put eights on the yeah. window. They're like, hey, that's not your number, dude. Anyway, so they, yeah, triple eight is the top tier, man. It's the best Snapdragon you can get. And to see it pop up in a device at $430 USD equivalent is kind of wild. And it's not even the fact that you're getting a flagship chip in there. How about the fact you're getting a 120 hertz OLED display and 65 watt fast charging, $430. Like that's disruptive. It goes to show you what's happening elsewhere in the world. By the way, this is just launched in China. It's probably going to some formulation end up in India. Guy like you in a place like this, you're never going to see something like this, Will. You're no. just going to be spending thousands of dollars for your smartphones and that's the end of it because mm. they know that you'll pay it. Yeah, that's the way it is here in the and, Western market. Anyway, it's, it is uh, it is encouraging that within these competitive markets, you're like the type of stuff you're seeing be, being delivered at these price points. So this this uh, this device, the spec sheet is it, honestly it feels like a thousand dollar spec sheet. However, the camera is likely a step back, but maybe the camera is not the most important thing to every to a lot to every buyer. I mean. It's kind of funny because we get into these performance showdowns and so much of it is centered around the camera now, assuming that everybody wants to be a professional photographer. No, maybe mm. not. Maybe people want to play games. There's other types of buyers. And uh, and the camera hump is less. And the camera hump is less as a consequence. It does have a camera in it, obviously. Actually, the camera is from Sony. It's a 64 megapixel Sony IMX682, so mid-range camera module. That's probably something that helps get the price down. Some other specs here, 6.43-inch display, 2400 by 1080 Samsung OLED panel, the 888 SoC, as I mentioned, 8 gigs of RAM, 128 gigs of storage, and a 4500 milliamp hour battery with 65-watt fast charging. In-display fingerprint under the screen, NFC, USB-C, and a headphone jack. Wow. What a time, eh? It's a good spec list. Yeah. yeah, I know. It's it's like a lot of things. If you had seen this spec list, like a like if if you just put another brand name on this spec list, you would actually assume to pay twice the price. Mm -hmm. Legitimately. Now yeah. I haven't tried the camera. I don't know how poor it can really be at this price point. Also, the styling has to be to your taste. It has kind of like a racing stripe look to it, which you know maybe you like. It's like some vibrant like colors yeah. as well. Very speedy. Looking. Very speedy. There will also be a higher tier version with 12 gigs of RAM and 256 storage. That'll be the equivalent of around 510 USD, still relatively affordable. Now, here's another thing to mention, though. Some of these promotional tactics, they have an entry price for the initial launch of the device to get people like us talking about it. So, mm -hmm. we, so we sit here and say, oh, my God, how'd they do it? And they would call it an introductory price, almost like a mini early bird Kickstarter type of thing. Sure. And then the price would elevate at a later date. And I know some fans in India, 
don't like when this happens because they use the introductory price as like a sort of free marketing component yes. and then don't make enough units available at the introductory price. So I would say rewarding early adopters is cool, but maybe let people know exactly how many units you're talking about so they know the scope of the promo. Mm -hmm. So the price of these does go up at a later date, but look, not by much, by the way, it's gonna go up to 448 and 525. So you're talking about, what did I say the price was, 430? So another 18 bucks on a list price, not, not an enormous amount of money and still pretty attractive as far as I'm concerned, especially from the outside looking in, in this market mm -hmm. where that spec sheet or anything close to it costs you, well, at least a couple more dollars. Speaking of one of those companies that could sell you a more expensive phone, Samsung has teamed up with MasterCard, and it appears that MasterCard has become the cool credit card company of, uh, what is it, 2021. Because we first talked about how they had, they said some cool stuff about Bitcoin, right? Mm -hmm. They said some cool stuff about crypto. They said they were going to support it, actually. Samsung? Did I say or Samsung? MasterCard. Oh, I meant MasterCard. Yeah, I may yeah. have said Samsung. Yep. This is a partnership between Samsung and MasterCard, but MasterCard has been looking at these like sort of new age ways to modernize the credit card. And I think it's important that they do so. And I'll tell you why, because who even knows if this next gen is even into the credit cards mm -hmm. like they used to be? Who even knows if people are trying to carry this plastic? Mm -hmm. I mean, you look at cash. When's the last time you used cash? Uh... It's actually been a while. I can't even think of a time. Oh, I know it's been a long time. I, so I have long. some like in my pocket, like in my in my in my uh, wallet, but it's been there forever. It's yeah. kind of and it seems to sit there longer and longer and longer these days. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, even if I were to ask you the last time you swiped a physical card, because everything you're probably tapping now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, unless they're like gift cards. Mm -hmm. But even then, they could go digital. A lot of them have. A lot of yeah. gift cards go into the applications, whether it's the Samsung Pay, Google Pay, Apple Pay. A lot of times you can put the gift cards right in there as well. So MasterCard trying to doing the right thing, looking at new ways to remain relevant and, uh, and making these partnerships. So they did the crypto thing saying they would support it, be one of the first to support it and make it easier for merchants. And then today we have this particular announcement that they're going to partner with Samsung on a biometric card with a fingerprint scanner in it. How about that for security? Cool. So for those that are very security conscious, you can see how this thing is is futuristic. It has a, a, a chip system in it and then also a fingerprint scanner inside the card itself. Is this, this is still less convenient than your phone since your phone is always there. But if you are going to carry a card, having that extra layer of security is kind of cool. Mm -hmm. And I do know that the tap payment systems, they have a maximum amount that you can pay with them. So you may still have the card as backup for those bigger purchases that that aren't online. Even that is hard for me to remember right now. Right. Making a big purchase that's not online. Mm -hmm. Whoa, weird. Yeah, that's a tough one. Cars, I guess. No, because the Tesla, Tesla. that I got was that, that whole thing. bought it online in like five minutes. The whole thing was online actually. So yeah. everything is changing and MasterCard wants to be a part of it. This is one of the ways that they can uh, hopefully do so. We have a report here that Oppo <clears throat> is now China's largest smartphone brand. First time ever. Oh. And that was in January 2021. It had been, as you know, Huawei forever. But Huawei, as we've talked about so many times on the show, has been, uh, well, it's, stuff has gotten tough, man. Mm -hmm. 
If your name is Huawei, stuff has gotten tough. They had to sell off Honor first off. There's been rumors that they would sell off the premium smartphone business themselves and focus their efforts elsewhere as well because it's been so tough for them to get their hands on components due to all the sanctions and the restrictions and things going on. Well, Oppo, don't, it doesn't look like doesn't look like they're crying. You know, doesn't look like they're too sad about it because they're ready to step in, fill the void. And uh, it's the very first time ever they've taken this spot. Oppo's market share in China stood at 21% in January 2021. Vivo comes number two at 20%. And then Huawei, Apple, Xiaomi around 16%. This is from CounterPoint Research. They're always giving us these, these nice figures to look at. Uh, Oppo's smartphone sales grew 33% month on month and 26% year on year in January 2021. That's That's not insignificant as far as growth now you know they gobbled a lot of that from from huawei moving down mm -hmm. oppo's success comes from the strong sales of the oppo reno 5 series which includes the reno 5 reno 5 pro and reno 5 pro plus that's the latest generation uh putting them up into first place and was kind of crazy and uh, there's been a lot of conversation around uh, the relationship between oppo and vivo mm -hmm. and then oppo and oneplus and if you pile it all together, now, even if you let Vivo be on its own, but if you give Oppo the advantage of adding some of these other brands, you're actually dealing with a big timer now. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you what, Will. But because what else you have with Oppo? Don't you have, you have Realme too, which I just mentioned earlier with the budget device, which is Snapdragon Triple Eight from earlier in the show. Yeah. You got brands, man. Yep. Uh, yeah. They're they're doing really <laughs> they're doing really well. I I never knew. I, I thought Huawei was always going to be on top. Like mm. they were always number one mm. in China. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people would have thought that. Kind of surprising. Yeah, five G has been a, a big component as well, as far as just the smartphone market in general in China. Uh, actually, more than sixty five percent of the handsets sold in Q four twenty twenty were five G handsets. Mm. So it's a lot of people getting their 5G upgrade going. They got you got to load the Dewey in real fast. Sure, yeah. You know what I'm of saying? Of course. Man, that was crazy. When we were in Shenzhen and we went to McDonald's, you remember that? Yeah, everyone's just scrolling. It was every every single person was using Dewey at every table. You couldn't find a spot to sit. Mm -hmm. People, it was like as if you didn't have to order food to be in that McDonald's. You could just chill forever. Yeah. There was like no rules on that, and so everybody had to head down and just Dewey all yep. day. And they were telling us, they're like, look, man, this is it. This is what it's about. Everybody's going to be doing it. And I was like, man, is that what I'm doing in the future? Am I just happening right now. I was like, TikTok. am I just hunched in a McDonald's oh, with, yeah. with TikTok? Is that? And right, I guess you're right. It is happening to a certain extent right now. Thankfully, I have not become possessed yet. I am uh, fairly lucid from time to time mm. as far as the world is concerned and, and continue down this challenging path of talking for hours. Yes. Seeing how that works out. Yeah. <laughs> the opposite of uh -huh. Duyen. But anyway, uh, how about this one for innovation? Sony is exploring tech that will turn bananas into PlayStation controllers. This is not a headline I expected to see today. Nice. Uh, however, interesting nonetheless. It got me thinking actually about a video I made a, a while back with that controller. I don't remember the name of it, but it was you could turn any everyday object into a button. Mm. Uh, makey makey. 
I, I might be wrong. I might be wrong. E-E-Y, E-Y. M-A-K-E-Y. Try that. Yep. Title of the video, you've never seen bananas do this. And this makey-makey is a little controller with these uh, clips, metal clips on the end that would activate your material and turn it into a button. Bananas worked really well for this. I think I make a beat, actually, if you want to put some volume over here. I think I put together a quick beat. I think I get a better beat going than that. Yeah, let's take it to the next level. Okay, here we go, here we go. I made a keyboard out of these bananas. One, two, three, four, five, six. Six bananas. All right, get them hooked up here. There's the little controller that came with it. Oh, I got the synthesizer going as well. Wow, good times, man. Unbox Therapy's been around for a while. I'll tell you what, Will. Yeah. Here we go. You got the low end. With <laughs> the diamond box. <laughs> I don't even think I've seen Yo, you didn't believe I made that with the bananas. No, I haven't watched this. Give us a little more volume on that. You didn't believe I... I put a quick beat together on the five bananas. That is 3,000 years ago. What a fun time. That is, that, that doesn't even, I'm not even sure who that is. I don't even know if that's me. I'm not convinced. Some other dimension or something. But anyway, when I saw this banana PlayStation controller thing, it brought me back to that exact moment. Because I was like, I already knew bananas could do more. Yeah. <laughs> However, in the form of the PlayStation situation, it's not a similar setup. You're not going to need to wire anything up. Instead, what they're aiming to do is to have the motion capture identify the object, which could be a banana or something else, in a similar fashion to how their move system used to work when you mm. would have the move controllers with light bulbs on the end. Oh, okay. and And the camera would be picking everything up and tracking via those lights for a variety of games. I don't know how much that took off or didn't take off. But this is a patent, so it's one of those things. It could be like a moonshot type thing. They're like just one day, people are going to pick up any object and it can be a controller in the game. Sure. Type of thing. And they use the banana for the purpose of the patent, but the entire concept is around everyday objects right. becoming controllers via camera tracking hmm. idea. And actually, funny enough, you see the hands holding the banana? A banana is not all that different in shape from a controller. Sure, yeah. When you see them superimpose the X and the triangle on the banana there, it's kind of like, oh, yeah. yeah. Look at the curvature over there. Sure. It's, kind of, it's kind of a controller. Bananas are nature's controller. Oh. Speaking of moonshot stuff, Alphabet's X team is working on wearables, by, something by the name, code name Wolverine. And I don't know about you, but I'll probably buy any gadget which the, with, with the code name Wolverine. Yeah. They don't even tell me. That's it. They're just like, it's, it's Wolverine. Are you sure you want it, sir? I'll be like, what's the price? Because if it's, I need yeah. something called Wolverine. Anyway, uh, this is some kind of super hearing. Now, I don't know. Wait a sec. Do Wolverines have 
incredible hearing? Is that where this comes from? Did Wolverine the superhero have improved hearing? Because I don't remember it being talked about. I mean, I know he's got the the bones and the whatnot going on. But well, did, he's always sniffing, right? Damn, you know what? Maybe it's the nose. I bet you he does have enhanced hearing. He must. We're gonna go with it. Why are they gonna go with this name if he doesn't? Look at Jackman over there. Look at Jackman on the right image. Sheesh. Yeah. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do when oh. that guy rolls up? Well, oh man, you just what are you gonna do? You just lay down. Like here's Otis. <laughs> you can have him. He's all yours. Take him away. Yeah. So we got a new report here. According to Insider, the X Division started working on a project all the way back in 2018 to let wearers focus on one particular speaker in a group setting with overlapping conversations or speech segregation. This is done through an in-ear device packed with sensors and microphones, which has proven a design and physics challenge. So let me just let me just put that in other terms for you. What what this is aiming to do is have it where you and I are in a noisy environment, right? It's a lot of chatter going on, but I need to focus on what you're saying exclusively. So I need a, uh, some software and some sensors to be able to to direct themselves towards mm. you while at the same time filtering everything else. A type mm. of noise cancellation, but very directional, as opposed to the way noise cancellation works right now, which is less sophisticated than that. Mm. And I mean, it's still very useful, but instead it's searching for certain frequencies and things like this. And any of the more advanced versions, like I was telling you earlier today, the one where you trigger the transparency mode via voice, it's like, None of that stuff is prime time yet. Right, yeah. But I'm not saying I don't want noise cancellation, but this is even cooler. Like if I could just, you know. Yeah, you're just looking around the room and then it's just focused on. You just zero in. Whatever you're hearing, like, uh, you know, what you're looking at. Dude, you could be at uh, some sort of live performance, some sort of uh, uh, live lecture type of situation. A lot sure. of chatter going on from different directions. You want to zero in and stay focused on the main thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to picture all the scenarios where this could be cool, but there's a lot of loud environments, even in a party. But then everyone's wearing Wolverine headsets in a party, and it's pretty intense. But mm -hmm. loud environment, focus, it's tough to come by. This is, uh, you know, people like to have meetings sometimes, Will, in the coffee shop. Once we get to go back to coffee shops. Yeah. Yeah, it always seems like the case. Like, let's just meet up and then... Have a meeting at a coffee shop. But coffee it's shops more are often than not. Right? They're way louder than you think. Yeah. A coffee shop is a lot of clanking and it's just a lot of man, that chatter, it, it builds up. Mm -hmm. Those decibels, they build up as you as you add to it. And so it's this kind of this sounds like a cool technology. And who doesn't want superhuman hearing? Alphabet confirmed to Insider that it was exploring the future of hearing. While the likes of X Chief Astro Teller and Google co-founder Sergey Brin have received early demos in 2019. However, like other early stage experimentation, the Wolverine wearable could be killed by Alphabet X if a viable business path does not emerge. So hmm. that's another thing they're working on. Very cool code name. Wouldn't that be fun just to come up with code names for these projects? Yeah. You're like, I got it. Wolverine. They're like, perfect. <laughs> Razor is doing their very own uh, sound-related thing. These are their new audio glasses called Anzu Eyewear, smart glasses with built-in speakers and blue light filtering, along with a second polarized lens. 
uh, they, it's, you know, it's one of these things that your ears remain free, but you're still listening to your content. Hmm. What do you think? Well, you're just very upset right now. I've never seen you like this. No, I, uh, I've been Let, talking to Razor. I, I want to watch, oh, try them out. Oh, okay. I misread. I misread you there. You're, yeah, you're excited. Well, you and you wear glasses. Yes. So, so it might be fitting. You could, uh, you could have these on and just be completely ignoring what I'm saying to you while you listen to something else during the show. I'm just like her. I'm just staring off. Into nothing. We could be doing this broadcast and you're listening to another broadcast, which is what exactly, you actually yeah. want to be listening to. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, they teamed up with a lens company. They're not the first to do this, by the way. Bose has done audio glasses. Amazon is selling its second generation of Echo frames. And anyway, there's a bunch that are out there. These ones are going to be available or are available now for around 200 bucks. Uh, the small size weighs 43 grams and the large one weighs 48 grams. The glasses include 35% blue light filtering. So that's supposed to be useful for computer work, staring at a computer screen all day. comes with a lot of blue light in there. Uh, they're IPX water resistant, IPX4. So they'll be splash proof if you do want to go for a jog or something like that. Five hours battery life and additional polarized lenses are 30 bucks. But who did they team up with for lenses I remember reading it was it in this article or the other one um it was some company oh there we go lensable so razor partnered with lensable for prescription lenses you can get them from other sites if you want to and it will fit them with prescription lenses and lensable is offering a 15% discount if you buy these uh anzu glasses so you could actually get them well with your prescription in there nice and, uh, yeah, I mean, we don't need it for the purpose of the video. Actually, that would probably complicate things. But let's say we really end up liking them. You hit up Lensable and throw throw your frames in there. Sure. What kind of prescription are we working with? What do you got going on there? Uh, I don't want to say. No? It's what, pretty bad. Is it really? Yeah. It's uh, like a lot of magnification going on? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'll just leave it at that. Then. I got the contact lenses, but mostly it's the shape of my eyeballs is the problem. Oh, okay. It's not a ton of magnification. It's mostly fixing like it's distortion it's you have i got like they're, they sort of like the shape of a football in there you got football probably because i'm squint you know i feel like i wrecked them over the years i mean i don't know if there's any science they behind turned it. into a football that's right oh a couple of footballs over here they still work i'll take it i still score goals in the men's league all right oh, okay so you better stop it over there will that's right i got no problem seeing top corner all right that's a hockey thing all right take it easy over there Elgato, speaking of gaming companies, somehow we missed this when we talked about all the new products they're launching. They're just booming right now, man. They love this whole streaming thing. You ever heard of it, this whole streaming thing? No, not at all. <laughs> it's all new to me. They're loving it, and we missed this one product that they also announced alongside those sound panels and that light strip. How about a green screen mouse mat or mouse pad? Hmm. This is the simplest, most genius product is it not? Does it, I'm sure this already existed. Like, there's probably some generic thing on Amazon or AliExpress, but just for them to officially do it and to and, and you can see how it plays out in the software. This lets you either showcase, play the video. Actually, it's the best, quickest demonstration. So you roll out the green mouse mat, mouse and keyboard are on there. If you're a competitive gamer type, look at that. No mouse pad. You're just in the game. Nice. How slick is that? In the bottom corner, it gets rid of all the green and then you have the overhead camera which in this case is looking at either your controller or keyboard and mouse or in this case the guy's got a magic card and it feels really immersive yes because it's right in the thing now mm -hmm. 
obviously for our purpose, it could be an unboxing video or something like that. I don't know how many unboxing videos streamers do, but you can just imagine all the uses for something like this for a top-down camera and uh, giving it a little extra flair to it. Yeah, it's a great you idea. Know? Now, this one you seem happy about. Yeah. You're okay with it, but they're going to charge you money for it, Will. It's uh, going to cost you 30 bucks, but it is extra large, 37 by 15.7 by 0.1 inches thick. Okay. Is that okay with you? Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I don't mind having a green mouse pad. It's for, not, like, aesthetically, it's not too bad. For 30 bucks? Sure. You're happy about yeah. it? Yeah. All right. You just endorsed it. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed that the tech stocks are down a little bit. I found this uh, article here on Market Watch telling people to buy the dip. Well, they're not. I suppose it's, I think it's a quote from an oh. analyst here, but... Apple, Microsoft, a lot of struggling tech stocks. Few look have looked to have bounced back since we have the live ticker within the article here. I can see that Microsoft is up a little bit, Facebook and Amazon. However, Apple is still in the red. A couple of others, Zoom has been down. Actually, it looks like the market's bouncing back a little bit today. Anyway, some analysts are saying now's the time. It's not going to stay like this. Amazon's down. Uh, see, are those figures current? Okay, maybe mine needs a refresh. Yeah, Facebook down a little bit. No, you you don't. Oh, maybe you need a refresh. Who needs a refresh? That's what I want to know. Oh, you just got kicked <laughs> off Market Watch <laughs> with broken. your with your refresh. Like you did because you hit your article limit. Anyway, no, no, no. It's it's okay. I mean, for the purpose well, of the there's some green going on for the purpose of the article. The important part is that a lot of the market was down, and anybody, any business viewer, stock market viewer here already knows this. And a couple of them have bounced back a little bit, but they just, they were two negative days in a row yesterday and the day before. And so it got people talking about maybe there's a value here. Maybe you should buy this dip with a term. This term got so much hype lately, whether it's Wall Street bets or crypto or even just regular analysts. It's yeah. all about, it's all about buying dips now. Sure. Just dipping away. Yep. Getting in on the dip. Dipping dots. Dipping dots, which I wouldn't mind if, as far as dips are concerned. In the vending machine. I know, I know what you're saying. Yeah. I know what a dipping dot okay. is. Mini little ice cream ball. I've seen a dipping dot before, okay. man. Actually, we got a video coming up on the space ice cream, which I don't think I have tried before. So, yeah, uh, so yeah I can't spoil it. You, you got to try. That's it. a little teaser right there. Anyway, that'll come soon. I don't know. You do what you want. I mean, this is not financial advice, as they say. Don't buy a dip. Don't buy a dip. Just watch through later. That's all that matters, right? Ford Mustang Mach-E is eating into Tesla's U.S. sales. You sent me this story. I was kind of surprised by it. I said, are you sure, Willie? Dude, they're really eating into it? But I read the article. It kind of makes sense. Up until recently, what was your other option from a Tesla EV that you really felt was like a cool EV? There wasn't many. Like, it's the first time there's a real option. And we had the Mach-E in the studio. And it's definitely not that car over there. No. But it's actually kind of nice, the Mach-E. I mean, it is, yeah. I'm not going to lie, man. That thing is here to compete for sure. I uh, I was surprised by the fit and finish of it, quality that they put together, and uh, and the focus that they put onto it. Certain design decisions and the versatility of the vehicle. Somehow they made a thing almost look like a coupe. But meanwhile, it's a four-door small SUV. Mm-hmm. And look at is this Mo's B roll on here? Mo, did you shoot this B roll on the Mach E? So shout out Mo as well. He's very proud of it. Well, yeah, it's it's great. 
Good job. I mean, it, look at this stuff. There's camera movement and uh, look at the transitions. I think that's a rim right there. This was a big day. It was. Studio yeah. cleared out. Every time there's a car in here, it's a fun time. Mm -hmm. And that was the most controversial part of it was the fact that it had this badge on the front. Because people were like, that can't be a Mustang. Right, yeah. We mean electric Mustang and Mustang used to mean something different. Mm -hmm. But if we put that to the side and just look at the vehicle as it is, that was a cool vehicle. Yes. And uh, so I'm not surprised that they gobbled up a little bit of market share from Tesla. Uh, Tesla has lost, what do they say here? Tesla share of the US EV market fell to 69% in February, which is down 81% from a year ago. So it's not a crazy drop, right? What are we talking about, 12%? Tesla's US sales are still climbing though, according to analysts. So we're just talking about increased appetite for EV stuff in general, right? More sales for everybody, but market share changing hands a little bit over here. Uh, the new electric offer offerings from traditional automakers resulted in their combined US EV sales more than doubling to 9,527 vehicles. And Ford's Mach-E, which won SUV of the Year honors this year, started deliveries late January, accounted for 3,739 February sales, according to figures from Ford. Now, Ford didn't say specifically. Uh, they did not say, what did they say? Let's see here. Hang on a second. Did not say, did not comment on Morgan Stanley's analysis. That's where these figures came from. However, the spokesman did say that the company's that 70% of Mach-E buyers were new to the company, were new to Ford. Oh. You follow me here? So they they could have been previous Tesla owners or some other automaker, but they were fresh buyers, hmm. which would seem to indicate that that market share may have shifted. So anyway, I mean, it's good news all around. I think he, even you go and talk to Elon Musk, I don't think he's very bitter about it. I think he did have some sort of a, a few statements. Uh, he's talked at length and the electrification of the yeah. automobile segment has the been bigger picture. has been a target and and it, you, you got to get the ball rolling i mean they really got the ball rolling proved proved it was a thing that others should be doing and then now look at look at us now there's options that exist and and for the record 69% of the market share is still a a healthy chunk for tesla right. in february and we'll see what happens they start shipping the Cybertruck and continuing to build out their their uh, number of offerings, mm -hmm. you know. Oh, and this one really surprised me. This is another one you sent over. Honda becomes the first company, speaking of competition for Tesla, Honda becomes the first production car with level three self-driving tech. Another area that was sort of popularized by Tesla and somehow Honda beats all other automakers to the punch for what they call level three. They have these levels in place. Yeah, the SAE has tiers in place for vehicular autonomy. And there's, at each level, there's some new feature or capability that the vehicle has to be capable of autonomously. And then you can scale up to those next levels. And Willie, dude, that was fast. You just had yourself a moment. You just had yourself a moment. Well... We did this before. Ladies and we, gentlemen, can I just say something to you? We had the same exact I don't care. I don't moment, care. I don't care. Like I don't care. A couple months I don't ago. care. I don't care. And you did this exact same thing. No, because you want to know something? I don't care. I pay close attention to the pace of things as this show progresses, sure. and I see what's going on, all right? 
you, this was a little faster than usual, all right? And it was exact, and it was it was the target, and it was where you were going, and it's what the people need to see right well, now. Well, yeah. He found synopsis.com uh, autonomous driving levels, and this is a nice description of what happens at the different levels. And Willie do just quietly, as I'm chattering over here, he just brings it up for you. You understand? So you don't have to. So you get to sit back and relax, and you're, you can feel confident in the fact that Willie Do is going to guide you along. He's going to hold your hand so that you can watch this show. He can he can autonomously drive this show for you. Sure. Well, the the visual uh, people on YouTube, not the audio. The visual people. <laughs> <laughs> well. Well said. Well. Yeah. Well said. With their eyes. Anyway, yeah, using those those eyes, those, yeah, those yeah. eyes of theirs, or or eyes. or shout out, uh, shout out the uh, captioning, yeah, as well. We have the uh, the automated captioning on YouTube has gotten so much better. Yeah, if yeah. we're talking about yeah. eyes, we might as well bring ears into it too. You got anyway, uh, level three capable, level three capable Honda vehicle. They put out a video which is kind of cool to watch, and the craziest thing happened in this video, Will. By the way, level three, conditional automation. It means environmental detection capabilities. The vehicle can perform most, most driving tasks, but human override is still required. Uh, up until now, from the other manufacturers, you're looking at partial autom automation level two. This dude, in the video, he's got a movie on. He's watching a movie, Will. Is he? And it's a Honda official video. Are, they, are we at this point of telling me I can watch a movie in the car? You see how my voice went over there? Is your hand in my way? Uh -huh. Am yeah. I watching movies in the car? Because I don't have any time to watch movies. So this could be a big deal for me. Um, I know a lot of people will will, will uh, not be on board for something like that, to, to be entrusting such a thing to take their eyes completely off the road. But we've seen clips, people, they take a snooze. They're not showing you to take a snooze. But look, he's watching. A, look, wait, where are his eyes? He's watching a movie. Their promo video, he's on the highway watching a movie. Hefty, yeah. hefty autonomy. What's kind of funny about it too is the Honda he's driving. I think it's called the Legend. The badge on the back said Legend. It's such an everyday looking Honda. Uh huh. Yeah. But yet it's so smart. I kind of, I actually kind of think that's cool. But either way, uh, it's it's uh, people are catching up to Tesla. Really, is what's going on. Yes. And. These automakers, they have years of experience, many, many years of experience, and they also have talented engineers and all the rest of it. And and the reality is this 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 future is coming faster than we may have thought in in as far as autonomous driving is concerned. Hmm. Uh, and it's going to reach more people this way, right? Because you have this variety of automakers globally that are starting to support features like this. I know Cadillac was is putting out a much more enhanced version of its own autopilot stuff. Sure. It's just, uh, I mean, eventually it's going to be a high percentage of these cars on the, on the highway without the hands on the steering wheel. I'm just mm. putting that out there. Yeah. It's only a matter of time, Absolutely. Will. Absolutely. A matter of time. Oh, you must have seen this. This was big news. Twitter's rumored undo send feature. Uh, I know you got all kinds of feelings on this. Do I? Yeah, you do. Uh it's. I'm glad that it's hopefully coming out. Mm. That's it. That's it. All right. Well said. Basically, the way this works is kind of like the undo feature on Gmail. It is not an edit button that many have wanted. 
There's an animation here that showcases how such a thing could work. This feature was discovered by app researcher Jane Manchun Wong. She says Twitter is working on undo send timer. Now, how this would work is you would have this progress bar with a big butt that is also a button mm -hmm. that says undo. And I suppose if you notice typo or something like this, or you have second thoughts on the tweet that you're about to send, you could hit this button to undo and recraft it, be done with it, whatever. I think this is genius. It gets yeah. them away from having to worry about the delete, um, not the delete, the uh, the edit thing, which sure. it seems they don't, they're not interested in or they would have done it already. But it still gives you a sort of, a sort of an edit, like one one shot at an edit. Mm -hmm. uh, Undo's a little quick though, the timer. Really? What if you have like a paragraph? I Are think looking at those typos and nobody tweets a paragraph. You tweet a paragraph. Okay, you're right. They have the one out they of one hundred. Oh man, you're, you're when the people put the number in yeah. the thing. Oh my god, yeah. you're right. Well, you're right. Maybe, maybe. How about this, Will? But the hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Yeah. The undo progress bar is relative to the number of characters in the tweet. Yes. Dynamic. Good job. You did it. I work for Twitter. You saved Twitter. I work for Twitter. Yeah. Jack hit me up. I got nothing going on. I, I'm not busy at all, uh -huh. as you that's, can tell. I'm not publishing videos every single day. Mm -hmm. No, that's not me. Somebody else. I got time. I'll come on down. I need an engineering role. I'll be in the creative side of it, though. Sure. I'll speak to the engineer. I'll say, there it is. It's dynamic. Yeah. What a nightmare that would be. Imagine me. Imagine you got to listen to me. What a nightmare that would be. Mm -hmm. Anyway, yeah, so a lot of people have wanted something like this. It may or may not come out. Another thing mentioned in this particular article is the paid subscription, potential paid subscription model with the super follows. And here's something that I read that maybe as part of the premium version of Twitter that they could roll out in order to increase revenue, that they could make this feature part of premium mm. to try to encourage people like, oh, sure. don't, don't you want undo tweet? You could have undo send. And you could also have profile customization options that no one else has. I don't know. I could see some people paying a few dollars right. for that. But it would be nice to see it roll out to the whole, to everybody. Did you see this Tom Cruise deepfake stuff? I don't remember if we talked about it or not. I don't think so. You didn't no. even see it? I, I saw the title. You're Mr. TikTok. I, yeah. You're always TikToking. Yeah. This dude on, this guy on the left has been pulling a real... A Tom Cruise thing for a while with the he deep does fake. Look like Tom Cruise and 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 when I saw this article, I was like, "Oh, makes sense why it looks so good." Because the guy, his face shape is basically Tom Cruise. Yes. And his features are basically they're super close to Tom Cruise. Probably yes. the only difference is his nose a little bit, and even the hair is pretty much the same. No, no, the hair never got mapped. The hair is oh. his hair in both. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's just the just the face portion. Chin is maybe a slightly different shape. And obviously there's a few more wrinkles on Tom. I think this guy's younger than Tom. Anyway, he was he's been posting these uh, viral TikTok posts with deep fakes of Tom Cruise just being an everyday dude. And they blew up, obviously. They're they're well done deep fakes, but they are deep fakes. And is this the one? You can click the video. This is deep Tom Cruise TikTok breakdown. You can put a little volume. I think it's okay. I gotta put volume. I turned it down from earlier from banana time. How AI and VFX are unlocking the future of our imagination. Deep Tom Cruise revealed. What's up, TikTok? 
You guys cool if I play some sports? <laughs> he did a good job. Like, the acting is good, too. His, uh, his voice is fairly accurate as well. But the main takeaway here, the important part of this is as amazing as this looks, he wanted to make it clear in this particular interview that it's not a one-click thing. He went in and fine-tuned these. He spent weeks on these things, Will. Sure. And so there's a lot of people saying, well, what is the what is the future going to hold because this deep fake stuff is so easy? He's saying, no, it's really not that easy. It's an art to it, just like Photoshop or something else. And there's a, a level, there's levels to it as far as sophistication is concerned. And in order for him to get these results, it took a lot more input than than most people would have thought. And he's also, this this guy is a Belgium VFX specialist to begin with. Oh, okay. He's not just so he knows his stuff. He's not just a yeah, he's not just a regular TikTok user or an average TikTok user. He says you can't do it by just pressing a button. It's important. It's a message I want to tell people. Each clip took weeks of work, he says, using the open source DeepFace Lab algorithm as well as established video editing tools. By combining traditional CGI and VFX with DeepFakes, it makes it better. I make sure you don't see any of the glitches. So it's not just it's not just the DeepFake uh, what is it, algorithm? It's yeah, it's not just the deep face lab algorithm. It's also traditional VFX techniques. They like this, look how bad that looks. That's such low res. <laughs> Will's showing off um, a Dave 2D <clears throat> unbox therapy deep fake where he put his face on mine. But I mean, it doesn't look terrible, but it's obviously not to the level this guy was putting together. No. And so it's a mixture of certain techniques, VFX techniques, sophisticated techniques take time to become to become sophisticated at, right? Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, it doesn't mean that it's not going to potentially be a problem down the road. You could still imagine that it would be worthwhile for somebody to hire a professional to create a deep fake, but in for potentially for the purpose of misinformation or something like this. But it seems to be that we've avoided most of that in the short term. And for now, it's some fun little TikToks. And, yes. But I've seen this stuff all over the place, so it totally worked as far as creating viral clips. Yes. I saw these on Instagram. I saw them on YouTube. Obviously, they started on TikTok, and here they are posted on a Verge. So, mm -hmm. well, shout out. I mean, it's, it's good work. you got to admit that. Yep. It's, it's well done work. Uh, we have some more NFT talk. Mark Cuban, I don't know if you knew, he's become a huge fan of NFT, uh, blockchain, Ethereum, smart contracts, financial products on a blockchain, all this kind of stuff. And he came on here, I guess this is, he's on CNBC, and he uh, he seems to indicate that he believes the NFT hype will like level out. Maybe it's a little too hot right now mm -hmm. type of thing. I know you and I had this conversation uh, about the, who was it, Kings of Leon? Uh, launching, being the first to launch their album on uh, via NFT. And we talked about YouTuber uh, Logan Paul doing yep. his very own NFT. And of course, the record-breaking Beeple artwork, yeah. which was originally purchased for like 60,000 bucks and then sold for like 6 million bucks or something. Yes. Something like this. So 
it's hot right now, but it's like everything else in the world, Will. When it's hot, it's hot. When it's, you know, when it levels out, it levels sure. out. And I, I agree that we have not seen that resistance point yet on a lot of these. There haven't been enough buy, buy sell. There's not enough buy, sell activity, volume. Mm -hmm. Many cases, it's a buy and hold. And you don't know what the market is when you when and if you have to liquidate the thing quickly. It's a collectible, I suppose, for many people who get interested in it. It's meant to be somewhat long-term, unless they get an amazing offer. Yep. Obviously, there's been tremendous value generated on the MBA side with the Top Shot project that they've got going on. Mm -hmm. But anyway, Mark Cuban comes in just to like cool things off a bit and say, yes, maybe it's a bit boosted right now. Maybe things will stabilize. That's fine. But the key portion, the key thing that he says is the technology is what matters. The technology is a cool part, and the technology is here to stay, and I have to agree with that. Right. I think the idea is good enough to stick around. Mm. I love the idea of uh, blockchain technologies that can can authenticate, that can verify, that uh, just tracked and recorded. Just, just this idea that you have this uh, distributed this distributed network responsible for authenticity or scarcity and and and, coll and collectibles like it's just of course it's right. it's an of course situation so it's not the type of thing where it's get in now or never at all it's more i mean it can be that for some people but it's more um for somebody like me who's into technology it's more a pro pro progression thing that is nice to watch and cool to see yes but collectibles as a whole are are out of control not not just digital but also collectibles memorabilia in the real world which i have another story coming up about that in a moment but first how about this japan used a supercomputer to figure out if there was any reason to wear double masks like two surgical masks or two cloth masks or instead of one. Okay. And I can just, I can actually make it real quick for you. They pretty much found out it's not worthwhile oh. to wear two instead of one. Have you ever done this? Have you worn two before? I literally read a story that it did help quite a no, lot. No, I know. And then but that's that's why then... they did this study because people were suggesting uh, these findings in part contradict recent recommendations from the U.S. Centers of Disease Control and Prevention that two masks were better than one at reducing a person's exposure to coronavirus. So you do. You have the... But of course, Will, in this thing, this thing has been full of so... How many contradictions? Yeah. It's been part of this whole thing. Mm. Everything's a contradiction. But anyway, it depends how much you like the Japanese supercomputer simulations. It's up to you. Sure. If you like that a lot, you bad. go with that one. What they found is... The flow of virus particles through either one mask or two masks, if they were your typical non-woven material mask, uh, was not a huge difference. 85% effectiveness in blocking particles with a single surgical mask when worn tightly around the nose and face. Adding a polyurethane mask on top boosted the effectiveness to just 89%. So relatively, statistically insignificant, relatively Wearing two non-woven masks isn't useful because then the air resistance builds up and causes leakage around the edges. Mm. So if the if there's too much mask material, then what can happen? You have too much pressure on the inside when you right. exhale. It just goes this way instead. Mm -hmm. So it's all about the right fit, the right materials. 
They say the performance of double masking simply does not add up. That's the researchers led by Makoto Subakura. In general, professional-grade N95 masks were the best in protecting against infection, followed then by non-woven masks, then cloth masks, and finally polyurethane types, the study showed. So whatever, contradictions, you decide for yourself what you want to do. We, all, we already knew those N95s were the real deal, mm -hmm. but uh, I guess reach for what you got. Do as you please. Drake put out new music. I think he put out at midnight last night. Am I right about this? Around there, it was a, it was it was a some unusual hour. It didn't seem to affect the popularity of said music, because well, we should do an update right now. At the time I looked on trending, he was currently occupying position one, three, and four, and it looks to still be the case with Bruno Mars in between the different. Let's see if he also has yeah. So he has one, three, and four, beating out the. 2021 NBA All-Star Draft, beating out Justin Bieber's upload from 14 hours ago, beating out Lil Baby from one day ago. I mean, we can't be surprised. Obviously, Drake is big time. Very yes. very popular artist, arguably the, the most or close to the most as far as right now is concerned, and hasn't done music and new music in a while so people were uh, rightfully uh, interested in what he might be up to he launched one music video out of the three the other two are just audio uploads they launched on all platforms what, uh, do, you, the, what do you think about it so the music video is number one on trending the uh, title what's next they shot everything in toronto yeah. Right. Which is kind of cool for me and you. We we know these places. It's all very familiar. He's under the Gardner Expressway. He uh, he's at the airport. He's in the TTC. Yeah. Like it's kind of it's got that extra appeal because of that. I like the look of it. It's it's constantly snowing. It's it's it, exactly it's a blizzard the whole time. He's, they're doing donuts in the Mercedes. Uh, they got the they this got the, nice C, the CN Tower shot is pretty sick. Now I, I realize we're talking mostly about the video and not necessarily the music. Uh, I kind of like how hard the songs were, you know, because as far as Drake putting out new music, some stuff is a lot harder than other stuff. Like as far as the more trending towards the more R and B thing, right? Because he does both. Yeah, he does both, and it's fine. Like whatever, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm cool with it. You know, however you want to express yourself, whatever. But this stuff is definitely more in the category of I've been gone for a minute. I got some pent up. I'm kind of pent up right now. You're going to hear what it's about. And 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 I, I got to say, I don't mind that, especially probably my pick. I'm probably going to do the the lemon pepper one because it's though, there's no hook in it. It's just it is 624. Like the verse just goes on and on. And so it's kind of cool if you really want to invest and, 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 and maybe get Go, go with a little more depth on the tracking the actual lyrics and but it's probably not the biggest banger out of the bunch okay like as far as a, a motivator either way whatever it's cool i'll tell you one thing that did happen though one thing that did happen well first of all shout out drake well done uh i know he had uh he had uh torn he had knee surgery or something oh yeah yeah i don't know what what, what type of an injury it was but he had been kind of uh recovering for a while so it's good to i'll just say it's good to see him back on the microphone having some fun with it representing toronto that's cool and and you know, it's a lot of people talking about goats and things like this as well yes yeah a lot of goat emojis people saying he can't miss mm -hmm. 
seems to be the case type of numbers that are coming up right now on the initial release. Yeah, there's him recovering. I told you I wasn't crazy. He's recovering. Look at the wheelchair over there. I mean, it looks like a decent place to recover. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you that right now. Well, anyway, one of the songs, one of the songs, I think it was What's Next, right? Am I crazy? I think it was, was it What's Next that had this in it? Hold up. I'm about to get flagged if I play too much of this. I'm about to get flagged. Or maybe, oh no, it was Wants and, Wants and Needs, yes. Which had a uh, little baby in it. Okay. And I don't know, are you are you a big little baby guy? What is your, what is your exposure uh, level to I'm indifferent. Baby? Okay, so. I've seen... Little uh, baby has a really unique voice, and yeah. and, and and like a. It, it, this song, I was like, oh, you know what? Yeah, I should check. I should check his track that just came out because I saw it on the, on the Drake track, and then I was like, okay, let me scroll down because he's also on trending right now. And then let me tell you something: that track, real as it gets, that that thing was hypnotic. That thing, I was just. That track is hypnotic. The 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 flow on it and the yeah. It's crazy. We're reviewing. What are we doing right now? We're talking about the trending page and hip hop. I think it's fine, but real as it gets, it's a unique delivery, and it's a unique delivery in association with the beat. There's a lot of ticky talky stuff going on, which for me is exciting to my ears. Perks you right up. I may have been perked. I is was that because it's associated with his voice that you were talking about? Well, it's, it's 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 a voice and a flow. He's got a very a very distinctive voice. Mm. There's a few rappers like that. Like I think one of the reasons that that one of the reasons Drake has had so much success and his stuff just hits is the part of it is the tone of his voice and how it interacts with other frequencies. Like within hip hop, you have he's got a kind of somewhat higher pitch voice. It cuts through a baseline or something. It just cuts like it severs straight through it. It doesn't. Sure compete with frequencies in in those lower ranges right so it becomes very you can follow it you can track it inside the mix in a different way little baby something different it's just oh you don't hear too many voices like that mm -hmm. and then it, there's a unique flow to it as well but anyway we're getting out of control on this topic shout out little baby yeah and drake. Shout, shout out little baby okay. and drake doing work it's not easy in covid shooting music videos recovering from injuries all this kind of stuff but yeah I think both of them are getting goat emojis right now. Speaking of goat emojis, I don't think there's really any debate in football, is there, as far as Tom Brady's concerned? Is he the goat emoji? I believe so. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it's, it's, it's enough championships. I don't know if there is a goat argument. I don't know, even know who people are putting in it, to be quite honest with you, but I'm not a huge football guy, so... Uh, bear with me on that. Either way, he just set a record himself. Well, not himself, but one of his cards, a rookie card, just set the record for the most valuable football card. This brings me back to the NFT talk, collectible talk, COVID talk. Somehow, collectibles out of control. Yeah. People, people want to collect things right now. Uh-huh. They're just into it, and people are into investing right now. People have been spending time at home, and it's just it's, it's interesting the things people are doing for entertainment. So this particular card was purchased for $1.32 million, which smashed the previous record, which is only around half a million. Like smashed it, dude. Almost three times the value for this particular card. I'll tell you a little bit more about this card, by the way. It is a playoff contender's championship ticket. 
rookie card, hmm. 2000. And the, you know how they have to do the ranking on the quality of the card, the condition yes. of the card? This is a card with an autograph on it. So there's oh, two wow. separate... Uh, there's two separate evaluations that take place. First, the condition of the card, then the condition of the autograph. So in the case of this card, the card itself is an 8 out of 10 for quality. 8 is high, by the way. I know it seems crazy. You're like, how to dock it? Two points. It looks perfect. No, but it's the level of scrutiny they they analyze sure. such a thing. And, and the signature is a 10. They got nice. a perfect signature on it. So... Uh, these are part of the reasons you get to this uh, this record-breaking value. However, this actual record may be short-lived because there's another auction for the exact same card, mm. which is uh, listed at Leland's auction house right now, and it's graded an 8.5 with a signature at a nine. So we'll Whoa. see. We'll see if it gets beat or not. Uh, either way, like I said. The collectible thing is out of control. The person who bought it had lived in Boston for 10 years, huge Brady fan, and uh, loved, loved collecting cards since he's a kid. He says, given Brady's uncontested status as GOAT, greatest of all time in football, this card is an important piece of sports history and of any collection. I mean, you got to kind of agree with that. Yeah. When you're talking about GOAT status, and there's a lot of people with, with money that are Tom Brady fans. So uh -huh. who knows as far as the investment's concerned. Uh, you sent this one over to me. This one kind of surprised me. So if you've been watching sports, then you realize that to a certain extent, some stadiums are allowing people back into the stadium itself. Mm -hmm. But in really limited numbers, like a few thousand people right. to come watch a professional sports game. Hockey is one of those sports. Pittsburgh is one of those places. And there was a picture shared on social media of Pittsburgh Penguins fans. And actually, it was a doctored photo. So here's what happened. A photo was taken of fans in a crowd, which was then used on social media to talk about fans coming back. It was like a sentimental post, actually. They were talking about how it's great to have... Let me, can I, I'll just give you... We're grateful for the loyalty that our fans showed during this difficult time. We feel like... We have some of the most loyal fans in sports. They have been so supportive of our players over the years. I know our players are appreciative of that. And that's from Mike Sullivan. I'm actually not sure who Mike Sullivan is. Is that the owner or is that... Either way, someone affiliated with the organization. The problem is some people found the original Getty image oh. that prior to the social media post and... What they noticed is that there was some Photoshop work done on the social media post to put a mask on some people in the crowd that weren't wearing theirs. Mm. And so, of course, it caused a controversy. You try to Photoshop a mask yeah. on people, they didn't have a mask. This one is it's really weird because they said they reprimanded the person that did it who thought that they should do it. The person thought they would just send the, the right signal mm -hmm. to wear a mask and not show to people not wearing the mask. But by photoshopping it, they made it a bit squirrely in that it's like it's not reality anymore. You're right. sharing a picture that is meant to be realistic and you're kind of implying that it's realistic, but it didn't actually happen. So it's, yeah, I mean, it's a tough So the people in question spot. is uh, the two people that's highlighted? So they had masks. Yeah, you're right. There's these two people in the image. They had masks, but they were wearing them down on a chin. Oh, they right. didn't have yeah. them on at the moment. And if you look at the photoshopped image, you'll see that they just they just photoshopped a mask on top of their face completely. Now, what's 
what kind of sucks for me is they also they have drinks. I see the girl over there has a beer. Obviously, the mask is coming down here and there to drink the beer. So, yeah, uh, yeah I'm. They were already in there photoshopping it. I don't know who made the call. Somebody's been reprimanded. It's a conflicting one for me. It's a very difficult scenario to find yourself. Yeah. But uh, one thing that was mentioned on Twitter was, hey, you had a pretty good image to begin with because they had a pretty high ratio of people wearing their masks correctly. Sure. <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I mean, it's like 90% yeah. of the people have the mask. Is that not good enough? I don't really know. Uh, they're split up. They're separated as well. But either way, somebody, it was doctored and then they got caught and then it turned into an issue as uh, is usually the case when things like that happen on social mm -hmm. media. Here we have a take on the dangers of going to Mars. Dangers await humans on Mars as Elon Musk sets his sights on colonization. So here we have a science journalist by the name of Shannon Sterone. She said that SpaceX founder Elon Musk is absolutely out into space when it comes to the unrealistic colonization of Mars and listed the myriad of ways the red planet can kill humans. Here's the quote. You can choose between your blood boiling, you know, fizzing up like a can of soda, dying from having your muscles deteriorate, freezing to death, you name it. You have a lot of options, says the author of a recent Atlantic article, Mars is a hellhole. Musk, on the other hand, says he's highly confident that SpaceX will land humans on Mars by 2026, adding that it's an achievable goal about six years from now. Huh. I didn't know he was saying 2026. That feels really soon. Yeah, very <laughs> soon. Because these, these rockets aren't really completely... Those, those, uh, those uh, SpaceX vehicles not exactly worked out yet, but yeah. I guess they're making progress. The Starships and whatnot. I guess they're making progress. Well... Mm -hmm. Uh, look, I don't really care. I'm not going to hold him to 2026. It's a, it's a, it's a cool project. It's a cool target. Yeah. I'm also not going to tell him all the ways you're going to die. I'm sure he's aware of all the ways you're going to die. Sure. It's, it's not ideal trying to go to another planet. It's not going to be easy. You know, most things will that are worthwhile. They have some challenges involved mm -hmm. in them. So I'm not going to try to discourage it. But yeah, certainly, if you land there right now, there's about a billion ways you're going to die, and it's not going to be without its complications and. I believe Elon or others have at least said that that first group of individuals pretty much needs to be prepared to die there. Whoever is yeah. uh, willing to step on board for that initial trip to Mars. Yeah, and basically not coming back. You're not coming it's back. It's not a round trip. Yeah, if even if you are capable of... Like, whatever they can fit in the payload, I, this is the part that kind of screws me up. Like, what can you send preemptively? You know, they just sent the rover there. Can you send supplies or the materials that you're going to need to build the correct environment for survival? Can you start shipping that stuff and dropping it down in advance? And yeah. is it. Isn't robots supposed to do that? They kind of. I mean, that would be amazing, right? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't, it's not that crazy for us to say. But the costs involved, I think, are kind of out of control because, sure. you know, like you saw this rover situation. They're crossing their fingers. They spent years on it. Mm -hmm. So the whole thing, yes, it's a lot of moving pieces, but it's uh, having, a, having an impossible target can be a really, uh, well, it can make for a really exciting life. Yes. So 
I'm not trying to discourage that, but yeah, it's gonna be hard. Who knows if he'll ever get there? But mm-hmm. I don't know why she had. She sound like pretty angry about it, or I don't yeah. know. Maybe I don't know if she, maybe not. Maybe she's trying to sell a book. Sure. Yeah. Right. I might get or out. Or maybe she's trying. If to I had a book, Elon. if I had a book, well, it was called Mars is a Hellhole. I'm probably gonna go mm-hmm. around and tell you that Elon Musk is crazy and, and Mars is gonna kill you in five yeah. seconds. So that's fine too. Uh, one more space related story. Here is the demon asteroid the size of the Eiffel Tower. It's going to zoom past Earth on Friday. You like that one, Will? It's, about, it's in the shape of a peanut the size of an Eiffel Tower. It doesn't care about you. Oh. Uh, it's, not gonna, it's not going to hit us. Don't worry. You're not dying on Friday. You, okay. didn't, you didn't seem very concerned. You didn't seem very concerned. But there are giant slabs up there floating around, tumbling, spinning. Is there spinning. a name for this? Yeah, asteroid. demon. Yeah, demon. Demon? That's the name? The actual name is Apophis, but oh. the translation for Apophis is... Demon? Yeah. Well, Apophis was an ancient Egyptian demon. Oh. Uh, it was first spotted in, t- in 2004. It will not pose a risk, a danger to Earth during this week's flyby. However, they're treating it as a trial run because it will come a lot closer it's in like 2020, in 2029. Oh, it's just that's close. Floating around, spinning around waiting for the right time. So uh, as far as this week is concerned, it will travel past the planet at more than 40 times the distance from the Earth to the moon. But scientists are using this week as a dress rehearsal for the asteroid's next pass. April 13th, 2029, Apophis will get as close to Earth as some of the highest orbit satellites. Mm. So it'll be at satellite level. And at that point, when it's that close, then it's possible that the gravitational forces right. of earth may alter its course ever so slightly uh-huh. so come talk to me in 2029 well, yeah you'll probably be all right still but it's all over at some point so oh yeah all right here's the last one i don't know did you send this to me when i clicked on this you heard me looking at it over there and you're like oh are you looking at that one uh-huh. i don't know how i feel about this this is just the prime this is prime covid content it came via tiktok it's a it's a person who lives in New York who found a draft in their apartment in their bedroom and then was trying to pinpoint the location of it and and did so in a series of TikToks figured out that behind their mirror was a giant void and that the breeze or the draft was coming from an opening in their apartment which was only covered up by this small mirror and when they removed the mirror it was like oh my god what's behind there yeah. And then she was like, I think I've got to climb in there. That's exactly how she said it. And then, so then you had five different viral TikToks of, oh my God, imagine if you found another apartment on the other side of your apartment. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you know what's on the other side of your apartment? Uh, other apartments. Yeah. It's not like a <laughs> magical uh, fairyland. <laughs> anyway, that just the, suddenly appears. The apartment was, was abandoned. So that's what made it spooky. Anyway, sure. I guess if you've seen the movie Candyman, then then I think there's some component of it where there's other apartments behind the... There's something about abandoned apartments in, in that horror movie. Right. So I guess that adds to the spookiness of it. But really what it was is a vacant apartment. I don't know if it had a window open or if it just didn't have heat turned on, so it was cold. It was behind her apartment. And it certainly wasn't up to building code. You're not supposed to have a mirror covering a giant hole between apartments. So that was kind of interesting on its own. But yeah, it's funny, man. It's funny the stuff that takes off and 
COVID times, it's uh, a lot of people spending a lot of time trapped in their apartments. So they need, they need like in the formats that they're addicted to, like TikTok, you need the horror movie to yeah. be happening in the format yep. and something you can relate to. You're like, I'm in this apartment. What's going on behind my mirror? And you know how many people saw the thing and then they tweaked their mirror uh -huh. a little bit? Yeah. They're like, nah, my mirror is fine. You know, so it's just perfect sign of the times type of viral clip. So shout out to uh, who's the TikTok user? Samantha Hartso, who rocked TikTok with the disturbing discovery. Even the putting the parts like part one, part yeah. two, yeah, just made it so much more mysterious. Anyway, it's, it's legit viral stuff. Clip one, uh, part one, seven hundred thousand hearts on it, forty three thousand shares, four thousand comments. Seriously, never would I have expected to find this, and I documented all of it. Hashtag mystery, hashtag tag NYC, and then I guess the song she was using is that that oh no song, oh no song, which yeah. It was funny at one point, and then uh, just downhill from there. <laughs>